Billy Jean is marketing. What's up, man? What's up, Don? Appreciate Dude. you having me. Yes, thank you again. Let's so we are reshooting, uh, reshooting our, our original episode. We lost the audio, but uh, nah, motherfucker, don't say we. Don't put, <laughs> don't put me in that. No, no, y'all lost the audio, and we back here again. I got right. you though. We're we're back. Uh, Billy was nice enough to reshoot the episode with us. I appreciate it. Um, so let's get into it. Podcast is Thinking Bigger with Kevin Feely. You're all about thinking bigger. So tell uh, tell the audience a little bit about said. who you are. Oh, um, <laughs> that that sums it up. Like immature as hell. Ah, man, look, I, I'm just a guy who's really passionate about education um, and really good at selling shit online. Like that's that's it. Um, born and raised San Diego, San Diego to the day I die. Uh, and I just love marketing. I love education. I love sell. I love business. I love entrepreneurship. I love creation, uh, and I love Xbox. I'm a PlayStation guy, but don't do all right. don't you go there. Oh, no, I, it's I, I Xbox to life, damn it. That's awesome. So um, I, I know you had an oil shop before, right? I did. And it wasn't an oil shop. We had the unique advantage of we had a mobile oil change van, and we would go to companies and change oil mobile. So, like, you know, everybody had the mobile car wash. So this was like, all right, if mobile car wash is a proven business, can mobile oil changes be proven too? That's kind of how it all went down. And that's how you found marketing, right? That was the first time I got punched in the face for marketing. Got it. Because the idea to me was so sound, and I thought marketing was just, you know, University of San Diego, price, product, promotion, whatever the, you know, the four Ps are. You'd think these things just happen. But honestly, if you ever do a business plan, 97% of it should be marketing, and it wasn't. So the first time that I got the oil change thing, the only thing that got me customers, because the the 500 door hangers that I went in the hot sun and do got zero response. So the only thing that really got a popping was this thing at the time that just got hot called Groupon. And Groupon brought us customers, but they also took 40% off of a $19 oil change. So at that point, I learned about upsells, which is we can't make money like seven bucks an oil change plus cost of fuel to drive to them 19 bucks so our job was get a groupon change their oil and then ask them what company they work at and ask them if we can go set up regularly so the idea was to take a van get so many contracts in san diego that we could place a van outside of every major corporation and then change the oil for the masses and we did end up getting into a couple companies and it was it felt pretty fucking cool yeah I, I love the story on how you start and you you were like, all right, we got this business. Now let's go get some customers. And you handed out some flyers yeah. and then nothing. And you realize that it's, I mean, now looking back, it's obvious like the offer is king, right? If you have some shit yeah. offer, then it's not going to work. But I just love uh, that you're, you're just, just the journey that a lot of business owners go through and to watch where you've gone, where you are now. Uh, and where you've been, it's just the the journey is so cool to watch. It's the, it's the journey of ignorance. I just, true, because in your head, everything is easy to math a business plan. Meaning like, well, sure, if I hand out 500 flyers, of course one's going to buy. It sounds logical, right? sounds easy. If I'm pitching to investors, it sounds like it. But when you learn the world of marketing, the numbers don't work like that. Case in point is, you know, my ads have been seen a billion times now but I only have 160,000 customers. That means 908, 970 million people said no to Billy, whatever that math is, right? Like that's the odds of getting a customer. That's how many impressions you need to actually get the sale. And that's not normal. That's not common knowledge. Yo, if they don't shut the fuck up, damn. Are they like right outside on this side? Yeah, I think they're right. 
right there. Somebody could just go fire a handgun in the street like three times. Right. They'll be done for an hour. <laughs> How is it? Is it fine or? Okay. Okay. And we're back. Yeah. Um, so if you guys can't hear, there's a little bit of uh, construction work going on in the background. But Which, uh, mind you, in the five years or whatever we've been in this office, that what they're doing has probably never happened. That's so funny. So that's our luck right now. Yeah. But we're going to make it happen anyway. Let's get it. Cool. All right. Um, so what are some things? Okay. So I hear from my audience all the time that they want to figure out how to make more money, which is such a generic, hmm. basic question. But if you were to tell somebody the examples on the easy side of getting started learning, making more money, where would you tell somebody to start? Same place every time. So first of all, understand what money is. And it's just trading power, like making money. And when you think of making money, it sounds broad and overwhelming because you're like, wait, where do I even get started? I, wait, I don't have nothing to sell. And you get stressed out. But if you just start taking it as this little bite size, like I need to trade someone something. And that's money. If I can consistently trade someone something, I can get money. And then you ask yourself, well, ooh, what do I have to trade? Now you identify the real problem why you can't make money because you got nothing to trade. If you ain't got nothing to trade, you can't make any money. And so you start in the basics that all humans can do. Take a business like house cleaning, right? Okay, well, I, can, I can clean a house like any human can learn that. The problem is you realize that it's not that unique. Therefore, you can't charge that much because it's a lot of competition. People can do it themselves. So you don't have a unique trade. So when you have a unique trade that really solves a problem, money starts flowing in. I'll give you an example. Yesterday, I'm at the crib. And I get fucking seven Amazon packages to my house. I'm like, what the fuck? I call my girl. What did you order? She goes off the laundry list. But look at Amazon Prime's trade. A hundred bucks for the year. And I will deliver anything to your doorstep in hours a day max. Of course they're worth billions of dollars. Uber. They're like, press a button. I don't give a fuck where you're at. I'll pick you up in three minutes and I'll take you wherever you want to go. Of course they're worth billions of dollars. What's your trade? What problems can you solve? And most people never learn a specialized skill. That's where the value is raised. You take an attorney, you take a doctor, they're specialized and they'd go and, and think about what they'd do it. 500,000, 300 to $500,000, 13 years in school, plus another five years of a fucking residency. And now you can start making six figures. That's a doctor's journey. That's what they go through to have specialized knowledge, to do open heart surgery, to help you when you're sick, etc. Most people are unwilling to do that. Therefore, they make a lot of money. Same with attorneys, same kind of process. But most human beings, if I said, hey, I'll ask you on the camera right now, what problems can you solve? What unique skills do you have? Okay, then don't be mad at your money. It's that simple. Don't yep. be mad at your money then. Like you have to you have to learn something that others don't. And this is what my you know, my irks me about college. I actually love college because I the idea of dedicating yourself to just learning for four years is spot on. But the curriculum is fucked. The curriculum is fucked. It's not it's the curriculum. It's that you don't come out specialized. And they even celebrate the fact that it's general knowledge. Hey, just come here and just, you know, learn about things and see what you want. Bitch, you charge me $3,000 to learn about fucking uh, astrology, astronomy, all the bullshit. Like, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? So I think that's the problem, man. It, uh, there's just a lack of specialty and skills. And so if you want to make money, <coughs> learn a unique skill. And then the second part, it goes two ways. Not just the unique skill, but you have to know how to sell it. Because there's a lot of broke artists. Artists got a lot of unique skill. 
super fucking talented, but they don't know how to, le- they don't ever learn how to sell their stuff. So when you teach the people who have a unique skill and they can sell, they make money. They're financially good. But the people who make a lot of money are the people who have the unique skill, they know how to sell, and they know how to get attention, AKA marketing. Then you go to the moon and you can break. And that's pretty much the makeup of any small business. If you can do that, you can launch a new small business. Once you learn how to do that, you can buy and sell a company and then get into the next level of business. And then if you can really, really get good at growing it, you can IPO and then that's how business goes. Yeah. Starts with a skill or a problem. I love it. Yeah, and I think marketing is really important. I think having skills is important because when I look at hiring somebody, the more skills they have, the more I'm going to pay them. And if they can negotiate, they're going to get more. And if also I can't replace them, right? So Mm -hmm. Carlos came in. (coughs) Excuse me. Carlos came in. Carlos didn't really know a ton about video editing. Would you agree? And he had worked at Starbucks before. We trained him on how to edit videos, how to post stuff. Uh, some of the basics, but now Carlos has the ability to go somewhere else. He Correct. can come work here and probably make a little bit more money, right? So Carlos negotiated more and asked for a raise and did things like that. He would make more money immediately because it would be really hard to replace a guy Carlos, like Carlos. Carlos, you, you know what to do after this call. You know what I'm saying? Like, just Hint replay him. that shit. Yeah, edit this up. Yeah. Um, but really, I think that... I tell, my, I tell my team that all the time. I say, look, you know you'll always be able to have a conversation with me about money. But the one thing I'm not going to do is I'm not going to chase you down to give you more money. I'm not going to, I'm not going to be responsible for your pocketbooks. You know, we're equals. I'm bringing something to the table and so are you. And we're trading, we're finding common ground. So if you, if you want to ever change those, have a conversation with me. I'll always be receptive, always be responsive and always figure out a way to get there. But I will not ask you to ask me for more cash. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Mm. I mean, and that's it. It's, and if you don't know, you don't know. And, and, um, the unfortunate thing, a lot of people don't know, they Mm. wait until things come to them. And what I've learned is you have to go get what you want. You have to figure out how to get it. You have to find out who has what you want, how they did it and replicate what they did. So when I first moved to San Diego, I had no money, nothing. I literally was so broke. I barely could afford a burrito to eat. Like it was, it was that bad, but I watched what guys like you had, and I just, look, okay, these guys have a great team, they have a great brand, they know how to sell, and I just focused on building that and slowly sort of worked my way up. So I think that if you're listening to this and you're looking to better your life, you need skills, you need negotiating skills, uh, and you need need to go after and get what you want. Is it? I, I think <coughs> the other thing too, with just like, you know, the how to make money is people are realized like making money in, or starting a successful business, I don't believe that's the hardest part. Because like, make, you want to make money right now, like go to the beach on a hot day, bring water bottles and resell them. And people will pay you for the convenience of not having to walk to a vending machine or the store and leave the beach. You'll make money. But people care about how you make your money, don't you? It's not just money. It's, that's not true. You don't want to just make money. You care about how you make your money. But I think the thing that people forget is that what the reason why most people aren't successful isn't because they short an idea it's their unwillingness to do things that are uncomfortable if you're starting a business and for the next three years you can wrap in your mind that you may have to move in with your parents that you may have to you know borrow money and go into debt and that you're not going to make a dollar for those first three and a half to five years i would bet on you every single time 
Just most people are unwilling to do that, especially the older you get. Like, I got a daughter now, et cetera. Most people will not go backwards. That's why they never get ahead. And to build a business, it requires that. It requires that sacrifice. So it's, it's usually not a lack of intelligence. It's usually not a lack of, you know, very much other than unwillingness to be comfortable. Uncomfortable. That's it. Yeah, and I think the comfort zone is like a really deadly place because usually people that are in the comfort zone of the job and the comfortable, you know, a basic lifestyle that they really don't want. So it's like, are you actually comfortable or are you just living, right? Mm. So for me, I was in that comfort zone before I moved out here. I had a six-figure job, was making good money, but I was not happy and I wasn't fulfilled. I was mm. comfortable, but I was uncomfortable at the same time. So I... I don't well, know. What, I makes, what makes people feel uncomfortable a lot is the fact when they realize they're not playing to their potential. Like that, that's an uncomfortable feeling. You know what I mean? When you like evaluating, because think about when you're in your low 20s, you, when you're in teenager, high school, like, do you remember the shit that you said you wanted to do when you were a kid? Like what Kev wanted to do when you were like five or six? Like what were you going to do? I uh, wanted to play in the NFL. Right. So you want to play. And we have these massive aspirations. We don't think about failing, et cetera. But every single year that passes by, once we're you know kind of past 18, we start to rationalize, you know. And then you get to like this place of 25, 30, and you just kind of go, well, as long as I have my friends and family, I'm good. As long as I can take care of myself, I'm good. I don't even want to be rich. Like, who would ever want to put that much time and effort? And you just kind of grow into this sour apple when the truth is you just gave up on your fucking dreams. You gave up on your fucking dreams, and so did your friends, and now you found common ground about it, and it's there. But if you ever have a deep conversation with somebody who is in a spot where you know you could have been, you'll act accordingly, right? Like, sometimes we need that moment of like, sitting down face-to-face with the person who's in the spot that you know you could have been it to wake somebody up but some people never leave their circle of comfort so they die in a state of comfort and like you know what i mean not living up to their progress so um yeah it's a vicious cycle it's a vicious cycle your friend ed Milet talks about when he dies he knows that he's going to meet the person that he was meant to be and he mm. wants to exceed the potential of who that perfect person is and wes wes watson mm-hmm. just ran into him the other day too and he always talks about, you know, I want to meet the level 10 West, the 10.0, the best West. You know, how do people get to that point? And, and I think that. Yeah, go ahead. Um, I, you know, I, I think the first way that you get there is by defining best. Because you take like Wes and Ed, shout out to both of them. But they also probably have different definitions of best. Just like from the three of them, I have a definition of best. So I think the first step into accomplishing anything is to defining what the fuck that is, right? People are like, you want to be successful? Like, yeah, what does that mean? For me, success is doing business, you know, in a meaningful way. Meaning when I sell something, the world needs to be a better place. You know, um, for example, like I get really fucking pissed. There's a lot of people that I look up to and I respect them as a business and the careers that they've had. But, like, I'll take The Rock. The Rock, he was the first celebrity I ever got a boner about. Pause. Um, <laughs> but, like, I had I had his book back in the day, like, his first book. I was, like, in seventh grade, and it dropped. It was, like, the only book I ever read at the time. And, like, he talks about, like, losing his virginity in a park. That's the one I'm talking about. He's, like, doing the people's eyebrow on the cover. It was, like, black. I don't know if anybody remembers this. Whatever. But, anyways, it was The Rock. And I followed his career ever since. Wrestling, movies. I've been, like, a super fan. Probably, like, my, like that's the guy. 
And then he makes this next move recently, recently, um, and he comes up with this tequila, Terramana. And I'm like, fuck. At first, entrepreneur in me is like, that's dope. He's going to make this tequila so poppin'. He's going to become a billionaire. This is obviously going to go extremely well for him. And then I paused, and I was like, damn. This motherfucker has always been about like promoting health and, th and things of that nature. Uh, he's been an entertainer. He always preaches about kindness. Now the motherfucker's biggest venture is going to be selling poison. Mm. This is coming from a guy who likes to party. Social chair of my fucking fraternity. I turn up bigger than anybody. You've been to every fucking nightclub downtown. It's coming from me. But I'm like, is that it? Is that the is that the is that the legacy play? That she sold masses volumes of, of poison more than everybody else. Mm, mm, I don't think that's for me. So I think step one for me in defining that success is like I gotta I gotta be in alignment with whatever I'm selling. It needs to make the world a fucking better place. Um, and then the second part is like having the ability to do it in my way, um, so that I can lead with fun. Like my team. I mean, I can just think even from the beginning. I've invested. If you looked at my percentage of my business that was invested into culture and team, I bet you my percentage is higher than almost all companies. Almost all companies. Like, I'll give you a case in point. Going to Disneyland uh, with the team this uh, December, uh, a couple weeks. And, like, how much to do? We could just go to Disneyland and get tickets. I'm like, nah, that's not enough. We're going VIP. So it cost me 20, 25 Gs. To take the bus, the food, the VMP, et cetera. And it's like, who's, there's, there'll be like 20 of us on that particular, 22 of us. Who, who spends that on their team? Or like, you know what I mean? Like doing that is like, okay, like I do. You know what I'm saying? So I don't know. Like I just, I want to, I, at the end of the day, when it comes to managing culture in a business, I really do just go straight Bible, right? I grew up, born and raised Catholic school my whole life. But like I go straight Bible, which is treat others how you want to be treated. And if I'm on a team, what would I want? What would I want? You know, and I just try and lead with that shit. So um, fun has got to be meaningful. Uh, and then probably the third component of like, you know, what is success to me is like playing to my potential. And that's probably my lowest score right now. You know, sometimes like getting caught up in the fun and the comfort of things. I'm like, man, I could do more. I could do more right now, which I, you know, will. Uh, and as we're in the process of gearing up for next year. But uh, yeah, man, that's kind of the the three tiers I looked at it. That's awesome. Yeah, and and I just got to say that one of the reasons why I followed you so did, you know, I I'm pretty good at reading people and you mm -hmm. can tell when people are putting on a show and when people are being genuine. Yeah. You genuinely care about your team. And I genuinely care about my team too. I want so badly for them to go reach their potential even if it's not with me, right? Even yeah. if they outgrow us, great. Yeah. Um but you genuinely do care and and like that's real, really real. So yeah. I appreciate that. Well, I mean, I, I I also too strategically it's like it's easy to care when you just work with your friends. Yeah. Like me and Paul have been boys forever. Yeah. I cared about them before we worked together. <laughs> so when you work together, you care even, you know, more. Hector, our CMO, uh, you know, been uh friends since high school. Yep. Worked in 24-hour fitness together. Daniel, my CFO, best friend since I was four years old. Yeah. You know, grew up to together. Uh, sales, uh, my, my, you know, one of my top sales guys, my cousin, Takashi, he's been working here for five years. Love him. You know, um, uh, Maxim, uh, our top sales dog right now, um, knew him doing consulting work for Massage Envy back in before. Taylor, uh, she's on maternity leave right now, assistant for six years, uh, was a, 
she she was actually the manager of this girl that I used to date, but we were cool. We used to have fun and, and party together. Like so many people in the company now were people that I just, you know, really vibe with. You know what I mean? And so, especially in a small business, like, look, when you're a small business and you have a limited budget, it's not like you can go out and hire top tier talent because you usually don't have the budget to compete accordingly or the benefits to do so. So at the beginning, you just got to sell people on vision and you're going to have to train people to be the it's like a farming a baseball team. Most baseball teams don't have New York Yankees budget. So what they do is they'll take a B player, put enough training behind them to raise them to an A, take a C plus player, raise them to a B plus and invest into it. And that's what sm it's called farming. And that's what most small businesses should do. That's how I built my team. So people go, how are you so close with your team, et cetera? It's like they, they didn't come knowing shit. Nobody knew anything. They had a passion for, right? Paul knew a decent amount about video already. But a lot of people that was brand new that were coming into and we had to, you know, I had to train and learn. That's Ray and Jordan. They knew nothing about this stuff. Uh, and then they came in, now they're superstars, and they can run circles around me. And I think that's good because you give this potential to people. You give this mm. opportunity, and they can either take with take it and run with it. I'm sure you've seen people that have given have been given the opportunity, but they don't do much with it, right? That one breaks my heart, but yes, you see it frequently. It's the worst because I feel like every business owner who's hired their friends and family or whatever – sees people with potential and they know what they're capable of but watching them not understand what they're capable of is to me well, it's, it's the biggest thing it's just like it's their unwillingness to go beyond their comfort level right it's like hey uh you know i've, I've had you know, i'll give you an example like i've had just like you know friends or not friends just people who come in and became friends and uh work in it, it just how do i put this just everybody wants it right now and they're very unwilling to do the things to get it in the way that they want to be. So, for example, you take a salesperson. They want more money. And I say, okay, make more sales. You, you want to get commission, make more sales. It's like, yeah, but I, you know, instead of taking the skill set to build up to just make more sales, it's, well, I think our commission should actually just be higher. Okay, so you want to do less and make more. And now you want me to pay for your lack of growth fuck you <laughs> like that's not happening you know what i mean but like i forget like I, I had somebody who who worked here and uh this is i'll never tell anyone's names or anything but his uh significant other was like the the guy quit or got fired i don't remember what the fuck happened and his significant other was like yeah just billy wasn't paying him that well and in my head i'm like bitch one you were in sales and commission and then secondly i'm like I know what the other people in your exact role make, and they make three times as much as you. Yeah. I didn't assign you your pay. Your lack and unwillingness to get better and to practice and to ask for help and to sacrifice was not there. And as a result, you got paid exactly what you earned. Most people make the exact amount of money that they deserve based on their skill set. Yep. Yeah. And I think that it really comes down to also understanding. Yeah. But understanding your opportunity is so important because uh, if you get the opportunity to work for somebody like Billy, you should do that shit for free. Because hmm. if you're really in the long haul about what you're doing, now I'm not saying you should work for free, but yeah. but like if somebody out there has a has an opportunity to go work for Gary Vaynerchuk or Grant Cardone, and the pay is not great, fuck it, you're gonna learn <laughs> so much yeah. there over the next couple of years. Same thing with you. Same thing with me. Same thing with anybody that has a successful business and is willing to teach their employees how to grow. Um, and again, you do that so much. So, yeah. And, you know, and it's like also too, it's totally okay. If like, you know, 
it's okay if you're not and you don't want those things and you want to find fulfillment in life other ways. However, just don't expect the pain, the benefits that come with it. Look for other ones. You know what I mean? Not everybody has to be the same personality as you or I and have the same desires. But whatever you, whatever road or path you want, you have to find fulfillment in other things and be in alignment. You know? Yeah, 100%. So if somebody's at a job that they just know that, okay, I've tried to get a raise. I've tried to do better. I know that I'm worth more. How do they go out and get it? What would you say to those people that want to leave their job either for a better job or to start their own business? What yeah, would just, you say I now? I would say apply. <laughs> real underwhelming answer here i would just say go apply from other stuff you know what i mean like go apply like i think what we believe we're worth and uh what we are worth sometimes are two different things right because at the end of the day you're worth what you negotiate and what you get paid right right like that is your worth that will be your monetary worth not as a human being but your monetary worth and so if you believe that you should make more go get an offer for more but but also keep that Everybody talks a fucking sick game when they're applying for stuff. I'm going to do this. And then they land the deal. I'm so glad I left that job. I'm making way more. Keep that. Keep that. Do it consistently. Hold it. Hold it and then grow it. And then you're right. But just getting in the door means you can fucking wear a suit and say all the right things and suck the right person off. Yeah. Like that. You know what I mean? Like that's the beginning. So it's keep it and grow from it. The, the data will dictate. The data will dictate, you know. Yeah, that's really good. What was the hardest thing that you had to deal with when you were starting your business? Uh, putting my arrogance uh, to the side, putting my ego to the side of um, realizing one humbling fact of, oh, I can't do it by myself. Um, that people do know better than me, that I'm inexperienced and don't know. The second that I started owning that and that I started asking more questions than talking, listening more, realizing the power of consulting and finding someone that's already been there. Everything changed for me. But it was the arrogance of like, and it wasn't like arrogance of like, oh, I'm so cool. It was the, it was more resentment from, you have so many people who doubt you and you want to prove them so fucking wrong that you don't want to ask anybody. You know, it's almost like you ask somebody for something and they say no right away and you're like, hey, fuck you, I don't need you anyway. That's a defense mechanism that a lot of people have. I had that, very bad. To the point where I'd be like, fuck you. I don't want to ask anyway. I try and figure it out on my own. And then you're like, that's the same idiot who's like, oh, I'll just go Google something. I'll just go YouTube something. Like, that's nonsense. I hate when fucking entrepreneurs are like, just go fucking Google it. Just go look it up. It's like, if that's the case, then why isn't everybody rich? Because everybody can Google how to get rich. So why the fuck? Are, if it's that simple, if it's that easy, okay. Why didn't everybody got the results? So um, I'm a big advocate of uh, hiring help, reading books. I'm a big advocate of studying, listening to podcasts like these. I'm, I'm, a, I'm an advocate of, of education. And, uh, and also, now I'm at the point where, you know, I don't, I don't have to, you know, I, I like reading books sometimes. I like listening to podcasts. But if I'm in a position, I'll just hire the author. Oh, you wrote a book? Cool. Come on to my office for like, you know, half a day and let me pay you whatever your fee is to learn it. And then you just, the speed of success just goes. Yeah. Yeah. I've, this last year, last couple of years, I've invested a lot of money into coaching, into uh, products like yours, which yeah. by the way, uh, going to plug you in. I oh, appreciate it. Uh, are you still doing the, uh, the, the program that I went through? Cert, yeah, we're in CERT class eight. Tell, tell everybody about CERT. 16 um, weeks with me and my team. I will teach you how to start a career in advertising. Simple. I talked earlier about skill set. You want a fucking skill set that people need. It's marketing. 
so many businesses, so many ideas, s nobody knows how to get customers for themselves. Pandemic comes online, forces this big wave of businesses to learn how to do this whole internet thing, and nobody knows how to do it. It's a fucking mess. It's like, imagine that there weren't attorneys, but there was everybody was in lawsuits. And then like all of a sudden, attorneys started to emerge. You'd be like, oh, I want to be an attorney. This is fucking easy. Everybody needs it. It's like, yeah, be a digital marketer. Like everybody needs it. Are you fucking kidding me? So that's what the search is. 16 with me, I'll kick your ass. It's tough, but it's great. Yeah, and, and I'm just going to say, because first off, Billy didn't ask me to promote this. Billy mm -hmm. didn't even know until right now that I was going to bring this up. But I can tell you that going through the program, uh, if you're looking, if you're a business owner, right, first, um, your biggest problem is probably sales, marketing, and operations. And you're going to learn a shit ton about marketing and sales through Billy. So if you're already in business, then you need – you. You are shooting yourself in the foot if you are not in Billy's cert program. Um, just gonna use this audio clip and just do it. <laughs> now, where where can they sign up for that? Where can they learn more about it? Fuck, I don't even know. Oh, actually, go to my website. Go to billygeniusmarketing.com. It's just a dope ass story chapters, but there's a button on there that says apply for cert, and somebody from my team will reach out. Yeah, and and if you're not a business owner, um, if you're if you're just a regular Joe trying to improve in life, and you want to be a Facebook ads consultant, if you want to be a marketing consultant, if you want to be a marketer. This is the best yeah, place it, to start. And it's like, look, just learn the skills because it opens up opportunities. You know, I, I have like uh, right now, John Skelton, the student of ours, and uh, he's a pretty cool business background. But anyways, like for him, he just got offered a job as a CEO of a company. And um, that's an option, you know, and maybe for some of you guys listening, maybe you learn the skill set and then you go work at a dope company, you know, like maybe maybe that's the path. But the thing is, is the more skills you have, the more opportunities you have. If you're really looking like, I don't even know what the fuck to do, where to begin, you just lack skills, right? But I promise you, if you were a nurse and you had the skills to be a nurse during the pandemic, there was no shortage of work. There was no shortage of opportunity. There was no shortage of any of that. You know what I'm saying? So the only time is there's a shortage is of what you put into your brain. So you need to create a schedule where you're learning every single day. And I believe that learning new skills is the most important skill to have because that's something that's going to completely grow this full garden of knowledge. Yeah. And if you don't know where to start, you need to start learning where to start. <laughs> so I taught myself almost everything on YouTube with yeah. my business until I got to the point where I could pay guys like you and, and other courses and things sure. like that where I could learn more. But if, if you don't know where to start, you're not helpless. Most also people too, like in regards to books, I mean, cut you off, good. but just with books, everybody, like you got to realize most people, when they decide to write a book, entrepreneurs in the, in the self-help world, they're usually at a point in their life where they've already became successful and they're really just trying to pour their best shit into the world and like leave their mark. So they put their best stuff in there, but it's funny. You can pay a consultant and most of the shit that they say will probably be in their book for seven bucks. So I'm not a reader. I got a 2.8 in high school, right? I, like I went to all boys private college school and I dicked around like a hundred percent of the time. And I was never into reading. I only got into reading when I started reading to solve a problem. So people ask me all the time, well, Billy, what's your favorite book? It depends what problem I'm facing. Oh, I'm having relationship shit. Well, my favorite book is going to be something that relationship. I'm having a problem hiring somebody. And then you'll find all of a sudden you're obsessed with reading. Because my favorite thing to read a book is when I'm having a major problem in my life and then the chapters are describing what's happening to me and giving me solutions to implement right away. That's the best way to read for me. And that's what made me obsessed with learning is that when I learn something that I can implement that gives me a fucking result, that's it.
Absolutely. That is fire. <clears throat> well, Billy, I, I really got to say thank you so much for being on the podcast. Appreciate um, you having me. Yeah. And again, again. Like, yeah, yeah. Oh, we'll, <laughs> we'll do another one down the road, too. Yeah. Um, guys, I, I just want to say again, if you're if this podcast is called Thinking Bigger and if you're trying to think bigger, if you're trying to get more skills. Oh, can I give trying, a tip on that? Yeah. Yes. Please. Hey, you want to think bigger? Just attend big shit. Like I, I went to a Taylor pause. I went to a Taylor Swift concert, like eight years. And by the way, she's the biggest artist in the world. Her cells say it. Her little midnight shit she dropped, whatever the fuck she did, like crushed every fucking other artist that you can think of. She, you could call it, like her or not, she's the girl. I like data. Um. Anyways, I, I went to a Taylor Swift concert. Mind you, I can't like name one of her songs, but I went to Taylor Swift concert like six years ago with some of my team members. It was like a fun bonus part because they listened to her. And it was at the Padre Stadium, San Diego Padre Stadium. And I watched this little girl, not little girl, she was like 20s. I watched this badass chick sell out this fucking arena. And all of these people know every mother, all these white people, know every fucking word, every movement, passion, the lights, the sequence, traffic, the city had to get on board to approve things like this. And I'm like, look at this, this fucking guitarist make this type of impact. Like, if you want to think big, just go to big shit. Just go to experience big shit, and you will level up. It's like if you hang out with fucking 10 marathon runners and you're going to events all the time, it's just a matter of time for you run a fucking marathon, right? Like, just attend big shit. But you know where it won't happen? Fucking playing with yourself at home. It's not going to happen there. It's not going to happen there. It won't even happen just watching big shit like, you know, on your computer. That'll, that'll give you a little spark, a little hit. You can read something, give you a little spark, a little hit. Attend, experience big shit. You'll play bigger forever. And if you're ever in a funk, like I don't know what to do, go to something. That's the time to buy a ticket to an event and just go. Don't ask questions. Don't overthink. Will this be valuable? Shut the fuck up and just go. Billy, thank you so much for being on. I appreciate it. My G, appreciate you, thank bro. You. Thank Always. you for having me. Thank you.